the one thing that the enemy does great is making you other enemies. Because if you're not focused... Yeah, paranoia in yeah, general. If you're not focused on battling Satan and his demons, he, he can do anything that he wants because you're distracted with other problems. Like, mm -hmm. oh, that person's not wearing a mask. They're going to hurt me. Welcome. Don't we have to introduce ourselves? Welcome back. <laughs> to episode 39. He can say episode welcome 39. back. This is a welcome back. We actually re recorded this episode. Well, we didn't record. We this recited episode. this episode last week. <laughs> mm -hmm. It was a practice. We recorded we're the doing visual. A, we're doing a lot more practice now for these episodes. <laughs> yeah. We needed a full week. Okay, anyways. How is everyone? Yeah. I was better last week. Really? I was. Why? Because... I was uh, more consistent. Mm. Put it that way. I feel that. I've I been know. pretty, yeah, I've been pretty consistent in reading and praying, but um, I think this weekend has been a good break, even though it's only been one day so far. It's been a good break from mm -hmm. the week and or two before because of my IA, right. internal assessment for psychology, which I'm pretty much done with. Um, Missing a few paragraphs, but that's like the easiest thing I've done. Yeah. Good so. job. Good job. I'd answer the by that question by <laughs> yesterday I was a little bit tired and wasn't a very good day, but I'm splendid today. Why was it not a good day, Matthew? Yeah, what were you doing? Yeah. Uh, see you lost. Uh, and then I came back and woke up at four in the morning because we had to fly back home. Oh, that was we, this we, yeah, we, we were in uh, Vegas for the Pac-12 tourney. Which was incredible time over my birthday, because I turned eighteen. Woo! Yeah. So, I describe the day is going. Day now is going quite well. Next, Wolfgang turns eighteen, and then me, and then oh. me. Oh, I guess <laughs> <I'm gonna> <laughs> <regress> <laughs> down so recently, um, I've had a couple of our followers DM me, and to that I say thank you for putting your trust in my wisdom, whatever is left of it. <laughs> um, and I do appreciate it. If you do want to reach out to me, that's fine. But please take everything I say with a grain of salt because I'm not the most intelligent person in the world. And I do have the best book in the world by my side half most of the time. Um, but mm, I'm just saying, <laughs> if you truly want stuff that uh, will benefit you, I may I'm not I'm maybe not be the most qualified person for that. Go to someone older. That's for all of us. Because yeah, at the yeah. end of the day, none of us are perfect. And although we are able to pick up the word and read God's truth, uh, it gets filtered through all of our junk, all of our our baggage and what we speak isn't always truth and we pray that God uh speaks through us. Um so yeah, take everything we say back to the Bible. Everything that I hear from a human I take it back to the Bible. The only thing that's absolutely true and that you can trust 100%, well, there's a couple of things, but the the one book that's absolutely true and you can trust 100% is the Bible. And that's why I was talking to Kyle about this this morning. I'm always confused as to why people disagree in like certain parts of Christianity because we do have the Bible, and we have we have it to where everyone can just look at it. I think so, yeah, I don't know how you get, like, Anywhere from praying to saints to from pa praying to saints to like thinking about like I don't know different even different perspectives of the afterlife where some parts of Christianity don't even believe in hell 
So I don't know. Because I feel like we all have the Bible. We all can open it and read it, and that's what's true. Right. Well, I agree with you. Mm-hmm. But at the same time, um, it is, when even when I read the Bible, sometimes I'm like, I don't really know what that means. Yeah. And it can be totally taken a different way. You know what I do when I don't understand what the Bible is trying to say? I go to the Bible Project on YouTube. <laughs> <laughs> See, but that's their interpretation, right? Yeah. Yes. Like even then, know. even then, I have to interpret what they tell me. Yeah. You have to interpret their interpretation. I have to interpret their interpretation along with my interpretation of this interpretation of the Bible. (laughs) And this is, so I agree with Wolfgang and, um, you know, I think this is actually a good segue into what we talked about last week. (laughs) Um, but it, but it is like really (laughs) the pain. (laughs) Uh, no, but seriously, like, when you talk about um, like different, whatever you want to say, like different offshoots of Christianity, um, it's usually because of a different interpretation of, of God's word. And if we're truly following Jesus, then we can simplify that. But a lot of times what happens is people's emotion gets into it. Um, you know, they're pursuing Christianity for different reasons, maybe to make themselves feel better. Mm-hmm. Um, and so a lot of times you can see like why people would create a religion based off of that Mm -hmm. because I, you know, Jesus' teachings are hard Mm -hmm. and at the end of the day, like we have to have a huge change in our lives in order to follow his teachings. And so it might be a lot easier for me to be like, I'm going to take a piece of this and like spin it my own way. And I'm not saying that every religion has done that. And the truth is <clears throat> I have friends who have walked um, different offshoots of, of Christianity. I have a very good friend right now um, who's a Catholic, and I'm not a Catholic. Um, we do have different beliefs on certain things. But at the end of the day, um, I know that their heart is seeking God. Yeah, exactly. Right. And so this is in no way to... Um, you know, ostracize or, or to belittle anybody who follows anything other than like pure non-denominational Christianity. But it's a way to say like, God checks your heart before mm-hmm. he checks anything else. And and I think that's where like, instead of getting caught up in like, well, I'm a Protestant. And like, oh, well, I actually don't believe in any like sect of Christianity. I just like... I live in the woods and just wait for God to speak to me. You know, like it doesn't matter. It's your heart. Yeah. I think what I believe is that um, no matter what sect of Christianity you categorize yourself in, into, I mean, is that um, like the day that you accept Jesus as your Lord and Savior is the day that your sin is insured. You know, Um, the cross isn't a reason for you to sin, but more of a payment for your sin, you know? And so it doesn't mean that once we've been covered in Jesus' blood that we can just go and do whatever we want. But at the same time, I think anyone in any sect of Christianity who has accepted Jesus is still covered in their plan to go to heaven. It depends. Elaborate. Elaborate, please. Hebrews 10.26. Who brews? Who brews? Who brews? Jesus. Hebrews 10.26, <laughs> for if we 
go on sinning willfully after receiving knowledge of the truth, there no longer remains a sacrifice for sins. Well, of course, mm-hmm. I'd, I'd, that's what I pointed out. Yeah. Well, yeah, but I'm just saying, we are washed clean, but that doesn't mean that we should just keep on keeping on with our sin. I know, I said that. I know, I'm agreeing with you. But you said... Well, then, why'd you say you disagree? Because... Let's not fall into quarrel. <laughs> you said that... No matter what, as long as you accept Jesus, that you're no matter what saved. sect of Christianity you're in. Oh well, sure. Well, and <laughs> but I agree with this, right? Like, if you're sinning willfully, and this is my whole argument. I've I've talked to a lot of people about this. They're like, well, how can you sin willfully after accepting Christ? And I'm like, I don't really think you can. Yeah, I agree. Um, and, and I think that this in Hebrews ten twenty six it says, if we were sin willfully after receiving the knowledge of the truth. So it doesn't mean you've accepted that knowledge right you've received it mm-hmm. doesn't mean you've accepted it yeah, and you so could, you could like hear of it to me i think those who are like who have accepted the truth and are pursuing god um i don't think that they sin willf- willfully um i think it's most of the time like this battle between your your flesh and your spirit mm-hmm. um because i really don't think that if you like, if you understand the gospel, mm-hmm. there's no way for you to be like, I'm just going to sin. Like, yeah. you know what, Jesus, thanks. Mm-hmm. Like, that, that's that's what I believe. Like, right. for me, like, and I know I, that I sin. I'm not saying that I don't sin. Mm-hmm. I'm saying that I don't choose to sin. It's the constant pruning of my old self. Yeah, and because my body is important, I like because my body is a temple of the Holy Spirit. I still want to take care of it, and I still want. That's why I repent, you know, because the flesh is sometimes stronger than my spirit, you know? And so I take repentance as a chance to apologize for the stuff that my flesh wants to do, but not my spirit, you know? So what about, like, if someone says, like, they say that they're a Christian and all that, but they they claim that, like, a certain sin, like, for instance, like gambling or... or uh, like sexual immorality, they say that those things aren't sinful. They probably don't understand the gospel well yeah. enough. <laughs> I don't think okay. they. I don't think they understand. That's, that's what I was thinking as yeah. well. I was just wondering if you guys had a good opinion on that. And obviously, like, there's a breakdown, right? So, like, there's a lot of things to where you could be like, "Is this sinful?" And I'm gonna. My question, my answer is gonna be, I don't know. Like, at the end of the day, we had to break it down and say, sin is the rejection of God, is the separation from God. And when we act in a way that, um, essentially like isn't perfect according to Jesus's standard, that's sin. Um, so I hate getting into the discussion of like, well, is this sin? It's like, it doesn't matter. You're not perfect. (laughs) Exactly. You know? Well, if someone's asking if it's sin nine times out of 10, it probably is. Yeah. Put that out there. That's true. It's like, say I was driving down the street and I accidentally glanced at this billboard of a naked woman (laughs) and enjoyed it. Is that sin? Theoretically. (laughs) Let's just say I have no control. I I like this conversation. Like, I agree with both of you because um, people will say, like, oh, there's no way you can think that so-and-so is a sin. But it's like, I'm not the judge, you know? (laughs) This is just what I read, first of all. And second, like... (laughs) Um, even if it was, that doesn't mean I'm a better person than you, you know, yeah. just because I know the, 
the gospel this well doesn't mean I'm a better person than you. You can still accept Christ and you can still have the opportunity to read all this and understand it, to know what's a sin or not, but that doesn't mean you're never going to sin again. Mm -hmm. I still sin all the time and I'm aware of it. That's the whole point. The biggest hypocrites out there are Christians Mm -hmm. because we hold ourselves to such a high standard and we'll never be able to reach that standard. Exactly. So that's why we have the cross. And that's the awesome thing about not being a Christian is you can just change your standards whenever you want. (laughs) (laughs) You can be a bit flaky on your standards. (laughs) So Matthew uh, is a little burnt out from his flight this morning. This morning? If if you're going to try that. Oh, it was yesterday morning? Yesterday morning. Yesterday, yeah. What the heck? I just don't feel like sitting. Dude, he was... Uh, Matthew doesn't want to sit, so he, he sat in the chair over there. <laughs> he doesn't feel like sitting, so he's sitting. <laughs> yeah. Okay. That's yeah, that makes, that's fine, I guess. Okay. So, um, I want to talk about Satan. Why? Because he has tactics, and we need to understand these tactics in order so to combat can, them. True. Okay. I was talking to Jocelyn about reading screw tape letters, and she was like, don't do that. What is that? It's uh, basically a letter. We talked about this. I just forgot what it was. It's a. It's basically a book that consists of twenty-four letters from an uncle demon to a nephew demon, and like talking about he's assigned to a specific human to tempt them and whatnot, and a lot of bad things go on for the demons. But anyway, sounds like a cool story. Yeah, I want to read it. But how's the how's the lore? Is there lore? What was her reason for not reading it? She thought it was demonic. Really? Has she read it? No. God no. (laughs) <laughs> well then, <laughs> but she it's, thinks that like anything that has to do with demons is demonic. Well, I well, mean, then you're demonic <laughs> because demon. It's, it's true, like truth. Yeah. Like demons, <laughs> demons are part of everyday life. Yeah, like <laughs> he opened like, the door for me earlier. Like we fight yeah. demons. So yeah, yeah, that's true. And so I want to talk about Satan's. I think, in my opinion, you guys might disagree with this, but his three main tools. And I've written about this over the week. And I think the three main things is fear, pride, and comfort. I think those three things make people sin more than anything else. Do you I like guys the, have yeah. any more? I like that you brought up the, I mean, that kind of just makes me think of the uh, seven deadly sins, mm-hmm. which, I mean, that was an idea that was brought up a lot later than when the Bible was written, even the Old Testament. I mean, the New Testament, it was those came after the New Testament. But the whole idea is that there's pride, gluttony, sloth, greed, um, wrath, which is like rage. Um, anger. Um, did we say we say greed? Did we say lust. Lust. Did you say pride already? Oh, and no. envy. Oh, envy. That's what it yep. is. And um, I I remember them by trying to remember all the demons from the Shazam movie because they're they're, they're like the physical yeah. manifestations of the seven deadly sins. So like lust has a long tongue, greed has four arms, a stuff long like that. Tongue. Yeah. Gluttony is like fat. Yeah, gluttony's, gluttony's fat. fat. Sloth is a sloth, like basically. Um, pride has like these big wings, and wrath is mm. like a, a dragon. <laughs> um, but yeah, I think that like all sins pretty much derive from fear, pride, comfort. Yeah, that makes sense. And I think that I think um, sorry. Oh, go ahead. Sorry. I think the um, comfort one makes sense because something I remember myself a lot is that nothing like good or like important comes out of the comfort zone. You mm-hmm. know. Yeah, you always got to be pushing your limits and everything. Mm-hmm. You're everything definitely going to be do. less, like, you're more likely to be less productive in your um, bedroom or your living room than, like, in an office. You won't see improvement without, you know, pushing outside of what you're used to. Yep. And that's one thing that I've be always seen people with the do. uncomfortable. 
Yeah, exactly. But then that's your comfort zone. Then you well, expand then move on. more. <laughs> Become less comfortable. <laughs> no, I agree. Um, I don't, I mean, I don't know if like statistically looking back at all the sins that I've ever been <laughs> committed, if that would be 100% <laughs> accurate. But I yeah. do think that, like I've always said that I think selfishness is the root of all sin. Mm-hmm. Um, but if you look at our world today, look at the media and what they don't do it. What they speak to. Not. They're constantly speaking. They're invoking fear. Uh-huh. They're constantly trying to make people feel prideful about themselves. Mm-hmm. Um, and feel comfortable and, with and comfort. And if you look at like with. the whole coronavirus pandemic, it it was about fear. It, it was all three of those things. Mm-hmm. Like everybody was afraid mm-hmm. of themselves, like something happening to themselves. Cause I'm number one. And they turn, if you get me sick, they turn people against each other. Yeah, They turn people yep. against each other. Fear and other. paranoia. Kind people of stuff. freaked out because their comforts were taken away. Mm-hmm. Oh my gosh. You mean I can't go sit at a restaurant <laughs> and have people bring food to me? <laughs> That is cooked. I have to make it myself. Wait, I cannot go to a theater <laughs> and watch a movie in a plush leather seat. Like this, these things are not <laughs> essentials. Like they, they don't matter. Mm-hmm. And when you strip those away, like people got so mad. And I was mm-hmm. like, who cares? <laughs> like we can still live. Mm-hmm. Everything that we, all the essentials were still there. Yeah. So I, I totally agree. Yeah, yeah. I mean, the thing is, I have to admit, like. I was so like whiny when COVID started because <laughs> like because my comforts were taken away, you know, and I wasn't really at this point in my faith. I wasn't reading the Bible consistently. I wasn't praying that often. And so I'm assuming that that has something to do with it. But <laughs> I was outside of my comfort zone because I couldn't go anywhere, you know, and I thought that I was reliant on like going out and doing things, but like I found out that I was like fine at home and it um I felt better knowing that I had a responsibility to like make food or do whatever for myself. So And this this doesn't take away from the fact that like a lot of people were isolated mm-hmm. during COVID. So I'm not trying to downplay that at all and the Bible and like everything we believe as Christians is like community is a huge part of who we are and it's a it's a part of a healthy, thriving um, person is like being part of a community. Mm-hmm. And so I'm not downplaying that at all. Um, because what I'm, what I am saying is like all of the, the comforts that were taken away were false community. Mm-hmm. Um, so, and not only did they isolate everybody from each other, they turned people against each other in the sense that they're like, this person could kill your grandpa. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and yeah. it like, it just was completely unhealthy. And I think the one thing that the enemy does great is making you other enemies. Because if you're not focused... Yeah, paranoia in yeah, general. If you're not focused on battling Satan and his demons, um, he, he can do anything that he wants because you're distracted with other problems. Like, mm-hmm. oh, that person's not wearing a mask. They're going to hurt me. I think something that Luke would say right now is that, like, through loving God and loving others, you can fight demons really easily. Mm-hmm. And I think I want to elaborate on that because, first of all, he says that really often, you know, just love God, love others, and you're covered, and which it's true. I mean, and so when it comes to fighting demons, I don't think he would say that it's, like, a focus on fighting demons. It's more of a focus on 
loving God and loving others, and demons are um, repelled or expelled by that idea, you know? They don't, I mean, I'm assuming by nature that they wouldn't want to be in situations with, um, like, Christian communities and anything that has to do with God, you know? Mm-hmm. So, that's my I agree. And Matthew has something to say. Matthew says they're still totally. going to be there because they're going to try and Here take you away from that. Give him. We should not neglect the battle because I think we should still be very focused on the battle. Well, that's what Don't I was saying. Don't neglect the battle because, what was it? What? Don't neglect the, the battle. I don't know. Don't neglect you the should, battle. We should still be focused. I totally agree. Yeah. Yeah, that's what I was saying is that when Satan makes you other enemies, he can hide in the back shadows and do his works with un unencumbered and he's very good at what he does if you're not focused on that problem Mm -hmm. and you always have to be focused on that problem so if there are other things in this world that you see as enemies get them out of the way they're not the enemy this includes one true enemy yeah this includes your old self you know paul's paul says in colossians you know i kind of talked about colossians last episode as our recital hashtag favorite book (laughs) it's it's kind of my favorite like it's so short and sweet but that's how a lot of his letters are. You should read yeah. some more. <laughs> um, that's why I like Paul. Anyways. Uh, he's a great guy. Yeah, he's, he's pretty cool. Paul in Colossians says to put the old self to rest in a sense that to you're death. not. Yeah. Death. Not that you're killing your old self. You are. No, the old self dies when you accept Christ. Exactly. It's not killing. No, you're basically <laughs> killing them. You're not forcefully killing because murder <laughs> is a sin, Wolfgang. K- killing is not a <laughs> sin. No, murder. I said, mur- I, said mur- I said murder. I didn't yes. say killing. All right. But you're not murdering your old self. You're killing your old self. It's you're dead. You're not killing your old self. You're putting them to death. <laughs> Perfect. <laughs> okay. Point so, is, they die when you accept Christ. Yes. I, God kills them. I want to circle back to what Matthew said because I think it's pretty important to understand that, like, as you draw closer to God, Satan is going to put more of a focus on you. Um, because like you said, like if you, if you're ignoring that, then you're going to be more susceptible to Satan's attacks. And that's actually like, if you look, if you read screw tape letters, which I would recommend, um, regardless of what you think, <laughs> Jocelyn, <laughs> um, no, but if you look at that, what that is one of Satan's big tactics is distraction, um, from your walk with God. And he does it through like a lot of things that Wolfgang said, but like Matthew is saying, um, us as Christians, if we're just like, oh, I'm just going to love God, love others, I'm going to just ignore these demons. Like the more and like closer you get to God, the more Satan's going to focus on you because he doesn't care about the people that he's already got in his pocket. Mm-hmm. Like we are his biggest targets. Yeah, I was going to say like we're bigger targets than atheists. I kind of exactly I yeah. love the saying that Satan's best ta- uh, tactic is tricking people who are saved into thinking that they're not and tricking people who aren't saved into thinking that they are. Oh, yeah. And so that's mm. that's the way that he gets you. Where'd you Was hear that, that in a book? No. Because I've heard that before. I forget who Where'd said it. Where'd you hear it? But Where did you hear it? I don't remember. Why? I didn't come up with it myself. It's, a, it's like stealing... <laughs> who said that? It's like stealing somebody's salvation because they think that... Like, if, if I'm so focused inward on myself and thinking like I've actually you know I've talked to Chris Henderson about this a lot if if I spend all of my time praying like God 
I hope I'm saved. God, I'm just, I really just pray that I'm saved and I'm, and that, you know, like Jesus, his death was sufficient. And like, that's all I pray about. I'm doing no other work in the kingdom, mm-hmm. you know? And so then that's like a huge detractor from the work that we could be doing in the kingdom. Yeah. So I agree. Yeah. So anything we'll, else on Satan? What do we think we happen a little bit of Q and a here? Yeah. Well, one thing before we start into Q and a, okay. Um, I just want to throw out there, like we, we've talked about a couple different things here, but, um, Wolfgang brought up different sects. Uh, sects. Of not to say Christianity. S- <laughs> just say sect. We're going to put like a <laughs> subtitle there. Yeah. Sect. Just that word. S E C T S. And I want to encourage anybody who's listening or watching the podcast um, to like share your experience or your thoughts. We would love to hear it um, because I think we do have a little bit of a diverse background and where we came from in our faith. Um, but like I said, I, I know a lot of people who are from other sects of Christianity. Um, and I love to, to hear their heart and like why they believe what they believe. Mm -hmm. And this whole podcast is like why we believe what we believe. So I'd, I'd love to, to hear more about like, you know, why do you think that, so DM us your yeah. testimony or yeah. something, and then we can have an episode where we read out some people's Yeah, and if you're willing, we can share your testimony anonymously or with yeah. your name if you want. Exactly. But yeah, tear I tear to- down your thoughts. I totally agree. I love to hear people's... <laughs> <laughs> we will Ben Shapiro you. Um, <laughs> okay, so this is why it's wrong. Okay. Your personal no. experiences do not... Your emotions don't matter. Wait, Everything is vanity. Facts don't care about your feelings. Yeah. Okay, Every, anyways. Does not dictate the truth. Okay. <laughs> Go ahead, sorry. <laughs> anyways, really I love to, there. like, something that I've been pretty good at recently is instead of, like, um, mm, like, yeah, like, demonizing um, other people's opinions or beliefs, I try to, like, hear what they say and, like, figure out why they believe that. Even though they're wrong. Even if they're wrong. I just want to... Even if, because they could be Christian and they could have already whatever. <laughs> Aiden, everyone at this table is right and nobody else. Okay. <laughs> well, <laughs> the truth to be told, though, like, why would I believe something I think is wrong? So yeah, obviously, true. I think that all of my thoughts are true. Everyone thinks all their thoughts are true, though, right? That's but that's exactly everybody does, and so I, I'm not going to say like. I'm right and you're wrong, but mm-hmm. that's why we're going to have a discussion about that's it. What, that's know? why I want to hear what you think. Exactly. Because I don't want to deter you for believing what you believe. I want to change your mind in a respectful way. <laughs> or maybe you change my mind. Yeah, exactly. And that's what about being open-minded. I'll about. be, be I'll become an atheist if you're good enough, but that's very, un, very, very, very unlikely. <laughs> I won't. I've been there, done that. <laughs> Doesn't work. <laughs> All right. Should we jump into some Q&A? Nah. Anyone got a laptop or are we going on the phones? We're going on the phones today. going on the phones. My first question is, how do you deal with temptation on a daily basis or how should you? And how to have God help us through this addiction? Lying is a sin, but what if you don't know you're lying? For example, someone told their version of the story, which is false, and someone asks you about the situation. You then tell them what you were told and think it's the truth. Technically, you lied. Um, how do I stop feeling like I don't truly believe in my heart and how do I stop feeling like I'll go to hell and stop stressing about it? So God knows your heart. <laughs> so we're just, we're God on. knows your heart. Anyway, next question. <laughs> no, Jean-Pierre, um, 
Oh, you also threw out John twelve twenty five. Can I, That's the other one. Can I give up my thoughts on the temptation? Yes. For me, it's well, consistent prayer, you know? Yep. And so um, sometimes, I mean, we kind of suck at it, but we're starting to hold each other accountable for stuff that we want to get better at, you know, just this group in general. And so we'll text each other in the morning. Um, I've been doing it with Luke. Matthew's been doing it with Wolfgang, I assume. Yeah. <laughs> Every couple of days. Luke yeah. and I have been getting out of touch, but point is... We check in as much as we can. Yeah, we check in to see, like, we're not going to do this today. We're going to do this instead. And with that, um, I also like to do a prayer every morning because what I notice is that if I do fall into temptation of any sorts, I pray after, and then it's, like, pointless, you know? Like, mm-hmm. not that prayer is pointless, but, like, what I'm praying for, I've already sinned about. I've already sinned, so... The point is, like, I try to pray in the morning because then I can be more steadfast in resisting the temptation to do whatever it is, and um, it's it's pretty effective. So I think when it comes to resisting temptation, um, try to get a good group where you, or even just one person where you can hold each other accountable for stuff that you should or shouldn't do, and also pray every morning to ask for the strength to resist whatever temptation it is. This is from Matthew. Well, not the book of Matthew, from our friend Matthew. Matthew. Nicholas. <laughs> from our good buddy. He is uh, sharing this. So it's, it's Psalm 119, verse 9 uh, through 16. Uh, and it says, how can a young man cleanse his way? Or Matthew's uh, said, how can a young man keep his way pure? By taking heed according to your word. So listening to God's word. With my whole heart, I have sought you. Oh, let me not wander from your commandments. Your word I have hidden in my heart that I might not sin against you. Blessed are you, O Lord. Teach me your statutes. With my lips I have declared all the judgments of your mouth. I have rejoiced in the way of your testimonies. As much as as in all riches, I will meditate on your precepts and contemplate your ways. I will delight myself in your statutes. I will not forget your word. Um, So this is awesome, I think, to bring up. A couple comments I have on it is like, just meditating on the word of God and like storing it in your heart. Um, and I mean, that's, that's really what it is. And basically like if we store God's word in our heart, James talks about, or, uh, Jesus, not James, <laughs> Jesus talks about that. Um, you know, it's not what goes in our mouths, what that defiles us, but what comes out of our hearts. Um, and if we're storing God's word in our heart, then that's, what's going to be coming out of our mouths. Mm-hmm. So um, sorry, I'd, I just want to add one thing that is very closely related to that. Um, I heard this thing. I was like, if Fahrenheit 451 happened in real life and all of our Bibles were burnt, like every Bible on earth, like how much scripture would you remember? Not to fear. Um, I have the whole thing memorized. <laughs> <laughs> I will tell it to you. There's somebody yeah. with total recall out there that has a Bible. <laughs> Come on. Well, and I, I, well, well, the whole thing was and that I would be dead main, before my Bible. The main burned. character in Fahrenheit 451 <laughs> so. memorized the whole book of Ecclesiastes. So, yeah. <laughs> I mean, yeah. I would be dead before my but Bible the, was burned. So. The cool thing about that, about that, yeah, I think that um, when we, like, if that actually happened and there was like a total government like takeover, takeover and what happens in the end of Fahrenheit 451 is he like ends up 
in this sodden camp. on the side of a river. Yeah, in this well, camp. Yeah, with with the other people who memorize other books, even other parts of the Bible. Yeah, so. and I, I think that when we put away distractions, our brains work so much better. And I, I know for a fact, like when, for example, Clash Royale, <laughs> when it was downloaded to my phone, and during um, like idle times at work, I would just play Clash Royale. I didn't have very good recall, but <laughs> when I don't mess around on my phone a bunch, and I work at a bank, um, clients come in and they're like, "Hey, can you deposit this check into this account?" And I'm like, "Sure." What's the account number? And they read it off to me. They can read it off to me one time, and it's a ten-digit number. And I'm like, "Cool, I got it." And they're like, "Do you want to write it down?" I'm like, "I don't need to," because it's in my brain. You're like and that. they're like, whoa. And I'm like, <laughs> it's because I don't think I'm like that special, but I think that we, it's because we, I put away more distractions. And I think that if we put away more of our distractions in our lives, we'd all have a lot better recall. Yeah, I see where you're going because main character in Fahrenheit 451 hated all the distractions, like all the worldly distractions, I guess you could put it. Yeah. Because his wife was obsessed with like watching TV, although it was called something different. Yeah, it's like um, weird. They had these like AirPod kind of things that um, he referred to as like bees because of the buzzing noise that they made. Um, And like he was so focused on everything that wasn't a distraction. He was so focused on like human emotions and literature and things that he knew were important to him. The The same way that we see the gospel and he and like was able to find a group that memorizes books in the same way that he wanted to and so yeah i thought that was pretty cool yeah the whole point of that story is the relation of breaking away from materialistic matthew says that the whole point of that book that he thought was breaking away from materialistic things that he saw in his life consumerism yeah i agree and we've gotten way off topic here um, oh, right. <laughs> what Jean-Pierre. was the question? Jean Pierre oh, was yeah. talking about temptation and sinning without knowing you're sinning. Yeah, and that, yeah. If you want to go and speak on that, Wolfgang, let's go for it. Oh, okay. I mean, I could too. I didn't. I just thought you were going to say something. Okay. Well, I can go. I guess. But I, I mean, was, go ahead. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> but um, yeah, I believe that without the foreknowledge of things, um, you don't really have the power to know what is right and what is wrong. And just as we don't know before we're saved by Christ, I believe that if we don't know that we're doing something wrong, we can't be held accountable for it. Because it's like, if you don't know what you're supposed to do, you're never going to be able to do the right thing. Yeah, if you're raised no, if you're raised to believe that stealing is just a normal thing, then like you will see it as like the right thing. Or killing, if you have like a 500-year-long... Uh, I don't know, <laughs> war with another clan of some <laughs> sort. Let's say this is back in the B.C. days. And uh, you don't really think that's wrong, even though in God's eyes it's definitely definitely wrong. Yeah. yeah, and God will reveal those things to you, I think, over time if you're seeking him. And But in a situation like this, like telling something that's untrue because you heard it and were told to it as fact, I mean, this happens every single day uh-huh. with news and, and everything like that. I don't think it's sinful. You're relaying a message. You're not willfully being like, I'm going to like cause a little bit of deception. Tell Wolfgang that like, (laughs) 
you know. <laughs> when you say it like that, it sounds like I want to go trolling. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> but it causes so. a little bit of deception. <laughs> a little bit of deception. <laughs> All right. So, um, hold on. What's this part? How do I stop feeling like I don't truly believe in my heart? How do I stop feeling like I'll go to hell and stop stressing about it? Yeah. You're welcome. You no longer have to stress about it. <laughs> and you're not going to hell if you do it. At least, I mean, I don't know that for certain. Yeah. Don't quote me on that. We don't know. The only <laughs> person I, who can know is you. I'm, yeah. No, and God. Well, okay. Duh, I'm thanks. pretty sure <laughs> that you won't go to hell if it's that kind of situation. If you're worried about going to hell, you probably won't go to hell. Well, not necessarily. Well, <laughs> no, I mean, I, don't know, I mean, actually, no, I think it only works vice versa. If you're not worried about going to hell, you're probably going to hell. Yeah. Probably. Well, I'm not worried about going to hell. Well, that's, it's like <laughs> weird. It's this weird dynamic because there's a lot of atheists and a lot of Christians who aren't scared about going to hell. Yeah. But it's a difference in mindset because atheists don't believe there is a hell most of the time. And so they will say like, oh, well, there's no hell to go to. So I'm not scared about going to hell. No hell yeah. to go There's to. A, a verse in First John. I don't know exactly which one it is. But um, it says, believe in the Lord and know that you are saved. Um, and this to me is an assurance of like, when you put your trust, your f- faith in Christ and he is your savior, he is your king, he is your master, um, then you can know that you are saved. Um, and that's, that's the only requirement. Like it, there's nothing, there's no other, like that doesn't say, oh, and also, make sure that you never fail to practice one Sabbath a week. If um, you do not read every day, your yeah. salvation is lost indefinitely. There's no other conditions. Um, so, Well, yeah, that's that's a good answer then. Well, there's stuff that you shouldn't What's that do, verse? but there's nothing else that you have to do. It's First yeah. John 5, verse 13. It says, These things I have written to you who believe in the name of the Son of God that you may know that you have eternal life. I have a Bible right there and I'm going to, <laughs> and that you may continue God. to believe in the name of the son of God. So first John, what? Uh, 513. So what are you, he just read it. Are you not paying attention? No, I'm just, I'm making a rhythm. It's first John 513. First John 513. Oh, you're memorizing. First John 513. Why? Um, so anyway, Jean-Pierre. Jean-Pierre. Um, I really think that you're, you said that you just um, recently became a Christian, Christian which is awesome. A Christian. <laughs> a Christian. <laughs> and these are questions that I think all new Christians kind of struggle with. Welcome to the family. Yeah. Um, but the biggest takeaway is like, you know, be in God's word. Meditate on his word and be praying all the time um, to draw closer to God, and, and you will understand these things and, and grow in your faith. Okay. I just want to do one more. Beth and George says, when we sin and then ask God for forgiveness, he, uh, he forgives and forgets. However, he also knows all of our thoughts. Mm. When we think about our past sins that have already been forgotten, does he remember them or ignore our thoughts or not know what, or not know we're thinking about it or what? Okay, I remember this from our rehearsal. Yes, I do too. <laughs> I'm I'm pretty sure we came to the conclusion that God doesn't forget, but He forgives. Yeah. Did we have a verse say. that we cited for that? Because that might 
be important. I said, I, what I said was that <laughs> we, we are covered by the blood of God, and blood therefore, yeah, Jesus God is God. No, God doesn't have blood. Is Jesus God? Yes. Okay, then the blood of God. No, we it's the blood of Jesus because Jesus was fully man. God doesn't have blood. Was Jesus God? He was also man. Doesn't yes. matter. Was he God? Okay, thank you. So, we're covered by the blood of Jesus. Thank you. I'm fine. I'll just give in at this point. Even though Jesus was God. Go on. You heathen. Continue. So, we are covered by the blood of Jesus Christ. So, although God does not forget the things that we do, he does forgive them. I think and it might be important to have a verse to cite for Well, that. then, fi- you guys, that's your choice. Or that's your job. I'm <laughs> talking. I'm just talking. You have to look for I'm it. I'm the filler. <laughs> oh, okay. Um, so anyway, yeah, he's never going to fully forget the things that you've done. But because that you have been set free and forgiven, God is going to let it go and act as if it never happened. Yeah, and, and it, the Bible does say that the like that God removes our sins from us, and um, like Jesus covers them. But oh, I see, I see what she was talking about. I got this from, from um, Jeremiah. No, so it's in Romans, Romans. four seven. Uh, I got to cite Baylor.edu for giving me this verse. But when God forgives our sin, he puts it out of his mind. He erases it from the pages of time and forgets it. Yeah. And so I guess he does forget it. And and I an all knowing God can't forget something though. Well, yeah, but he yeah, that's that's what he's, that's what she's asking is that yeah. she, uh God still knows all of our past thoughts. And so Sure, yeah. Does he know that we he also knows all of our future sin. thoughts. Yeah, exactly. Even exactly. So it, it doesn't, like, God's outside of time. And, and I think this is the the thing is, like, God is so much bigger than we can understand in this. And God doesn't operate fully the way that we operate. Mm-hmm. And so for me to remember my sin um, is a lot different than for God to remember it, I guess. Um, and so and when, it yeah. It has a different way of m- remembering stuff, like, yeah. yeah, I don't think sense. God thinks back. I was like, remember that time <laughs> that Wolfgang called someone stupid? See, that's, but, see, that's where Jesus comes in. Jesus does because he was fully man, and so he was. He was. Yeah, what was your your bail? Jesus analogy? was a mediator between God and man, uh, you know, because so he could definitely like what? Bailer. Sorry, go ahead. You oh. s- you made an analogy last time where it's like here's all the costs of everything that you've done over time, and then Jesus is just there, and he's like. He pays for all. Of I them. pay for all. Yeah, of yeah. Them. No, th- th- this is a common analogy that uh, preachers use, like the courthouse analogy, where you are put in front of a judge, God, and they read off. You know, your accuser, Satan, reads off everything that you've ever done that's wrong. Um, and although all of those things happened, Jesus steps in and is like, "Yeah, those things are true, but guess what?" I paid for him. I, I'm paying the price of that, those penalties, which was death. The penalty of sin is death. And so he mm-hmm. paid that price. Um, so regardless or not, like God knowing your thoughts, you're thinking of a sin that happened at some other time. Um, that's like something that is happening currently. Right. Mm-hmm. And so it's not as if God is remembering your sin, um, but more as if God is disregarding it yeah and he's he's already put it aside 
regardless of its past, present, or future. Um, and your your thoughts are, you know, subject to that same rule of like God sees your thoughts and whether they're sinful thoughts or, or not, he puts them aside because of what Jesus did. And that was one thing that I've heard from Muslims especially is they say, I'm not going to do the accent. How is it that, um, that like, let's say instead of God just saying to someone who sinned, I forgive you, instead they have to be like, oh, this guy, he stole from my store. Let's bring him over here. And it's like, well, the store owner goes, you know what, I can forgive you, but only if you kill my son. Well, can't you just forgive me? No, you have to kill my son. And so they're like, that makes no sense. And so I... Well, no, I didn't come to this conclusion. I've researched this. And if God is going to be 100% just, that means that all the things that you've done in your life, you deserve a lot of bad things for it. But you see, God was so generous to send his only son, who is also God, down. And man. And man. To die in our place as a perfect sacrifice. And that's why I think it makes sense. At first I was like, yeah, that doesn't make sense. Why would he be like, you have to kill my son? <laughs> but after, you know, extensive research, God is fully just, but he also is fully good. Mm-hmm. And so if God's going to be both of those things, there has to be something that dies in our place. Yep. And that's but what happened. Yeah, it comes back to the argument that we learned in philosophy. It's like, if God is fully good, he cannot be all-powerful. And if God is all-powerful, he cannot be all-good. It's not true it's just we don't fully understand god and that's where jesus comes in because he was the mediator between god and man in the sense that he helps us understand god through being a man he's a visible image of the invisible god yep very good he teaches us everything that god would want us to know through parables he spoke in parables most of the time i would say and like it just helps us to understand the nature of god although we still don't know fully like what he looks like or stuff like that you know Mm mm-hmm so anyway, I think we should wrap it up. Yeah, I think that point was is a God is all powerful and all good. I think you guys should do another question. <laughs> Stop it! <laughs> I think <laughs> you just want to see us in pain. <laughs> I think we should do this same episode again next week. Yeah, I agree. <laughs> <laughs> Let's anyway. make sure, we, guys. Can we make sure we forgot to record on something? Yeah. just in case. <laughs> uh, go ahead and uh, comment, like, like, comment, sub, subscribe. Leave some questions. We love to hear your thoughts on stuff more yeah. questions oh, yeah. and especially this week's stuff yeah especially what kyle said earlier if you are from like a like if you guys have any background with different sects of christianity um send us your we'd love to hear your thoughts yes please send us your testimony and, uh, your background and we'd love to hear it put and we'd love to share it if you're willing and we'd love to yeah in, even if we maybe we could like have you on the podcast <laughs> so go on to our website put your email in Oh, and we're still doing the hat giveaway? Yeah, okay. We've had a hard time with that because I said we'll do it when Luke gets back. And then Luke just keeps extending his trip. Well, he's so. not extending it. He's just No, it was originally just shorter. just miscommunicated than that. the. What? How many people we signed up? Well, we were going to. Na- okay, so we announced you know, that. Unless if you sign week. up, you'll have a higher chance of winning. <laughs> just so you know. <laughs> less of you sign up. <laughs> so we had, um, I think there's 17 now. But. We got like one. Oh, except. Yeah, the episode never week. released. So we <laughs> said it the first initial day, and then we didn't say anything the next episode on the Ukraine misery one. Or no, wait, that was two separate. Ukraine, Ukraine God's whatever. will one, whatever. And then we were going to say it again last week, 
but then <laughs> didn't work. And so we're saying it this week. It's next week. We're going to announce it next week. you got to put it in now. Firestarsforjesus.com. Put your email in there, and you're going to get a free hat. Just please know that if less of you sign up, you're more likely to win. Exactly. I'm going to put in my email. I want I the hat. I put my email in. Matthew be... already has the hat, and he put his email <laughs> in there. You're both going to be less likely to win if you sign up. I don't care. I'm more likely to win if I sign up than if I don't sign up. Exactly. You miss 100% of the shots you don't take. So exactly. thank you all for joining in today. <laughs> Go get yourself a free hat. We'll see you in the next episode. Peace. Peace. Yeah.